Welcome to the Alaska Realtor Livestream. My name is Jamin Gurker. I'm an associate real estate broker in the state of Alaska. And my mission, as always, is, is to help you to build an intentional and significant legacy for yourself and your family by coaching in real estate. And today I'm very lucky to be joined by Sean Murphy. He is the chair of the Eagle River Exit. And uh, we'll, we're going to be talking about kind of the ins and outs of, of that movement, um, what it is, you know, it, and kind of talk about um, what it is that it is that they're trying to achieve. I'm going to be very upfront. This is information purposes here. I'm not taking a side one way or the other, but this is part of what's going on here in the area. And I think it is important for um, those of you who are considering purchasing in Anchorage or Eagle River or any of those areas immediately around it, just to be aware of what's going on. Um, just some housekeeping things real quick here, as always. These live streams are only as good as the comments and the questions that we have coming in from you guys. So don't hesitate to jump in. And you know, if you have any questions, make sure you um, make sure you put those in the comment section because we have literally the most knowledgeable person out there on the topic today. So do not hesitate to, to jump in there. So, Sean, again, thank you for joining us. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Anytime. So let's go and do this real quick. You know, while uh, we have folks kind of jumping into the into the chat group, um, into the live stream here. Uh, why don't you go and just tell us what initially brought you to Alaska? Well, I came to Alaska in 88, um, 1988 with the Army. Um, back in those days, I, I wanted to come to Alaska. I had an uncle that lived up here, and um, he, uh, I, I didn't have, I didn't know how to get to Alaska, but at that time, <laughs> you could pick a job in the Army and have a station of choice. So I came to uh, came to uh, Fort Rich at that time and was a supply guy. And I spent five years there and uh, that's what brought me to Alaska. Oh, outstanding. So what is it that made you decide to stay? Well, <laughs> I married a gal, married a teacher. She was born in Nome and she had lived up here most of her life on and off. And uh, she became a teacher and I decided that's what I wanted to do too. So we both became uh, teachers and I, I actually spent the last eight years of my um, time with ASD as an elementary principal. Um, so, and I had raised two children um, in Eagle River. So that's why I stayed. And yeah. I, now I have grandchildren here too. So now I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're, you're pretty planted here now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's go and do this. Let's just assume like I'm, I'm from out of state. This is the first time I'm even hearing the term Eagle Exit. Um, what is it and what are the goals of it? Well, the idea is to detach and incorporate a new borough with, from Anchorage, right? So that's the shortest version right there. We want to detach from Anchorage and incorporate and have our own government. Um, we're, 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 so this idea is not new. We've uh, we start this started in 1970s. Um, I think even earlier with some of the homesteaders, there were some efforts. But in the 70s, they actually went through the local boundary commission process and uh, achieved self governance. But then it was taken back by the uh, Alaska Supreme Court on a technicality. So yeah, and how. Yeah, because I mean, we'll get into this. It is sure. a lengthy process. So it's, it's a lot of information. Yeah, it, it's a lengthy process. The fact that you got it already went through all of that and just got thrown out. Just yeah. Yeah. So how long of a period was that? Are we talking just like weeks or was it like? 
No, it's the LBC process is about um, from start to finish. It's almost a five-year process. Well, in that time period where it was like approved, but then it got taken right. back on the technicality. Right. Oh, that was about six months. Okay. They so had six. even started creating their own school district and their own government and everything. And then it got taken back. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a tough one. And it kind of died out then. And then in 2007, Fred Dyson um, got some money and they did a study. Northern Economics did a study. Um, that study was a bit flawed, in my opinion. It was an apples to apples mm -hmm. comparison with Anchorage. And um, we don't have the same needs. We're a different community out here. So um, <clears throat> it wasn't super favorable, but it did show that it would be um, beneficial to the municipality of Anchorage. So there was some good information, and that is on our website, too, by the way, the 2007 study. Right. So I guess real quick here, um, you've kind of mentioned the, the different needs of Anchorage and Eagle River and how they are um, really different. Um, can you talk a little bit about the things that do make, does make Eagle River and, well, we'll say like the, the entire district, too. Sure. So not just Eagle River, but right. all that it encompasses, what makes it unique from the rest of Anchorage. Right. Let's um let's go back to a little bit more about Eagle Exit because that'll probably answer some of that. But um, currently since 2018, we've been working as a group to um, educate the public about the benefits of detaching and incorporating for our communities. And our we've we've established our our uh, our boundaries as being assembly district two, basically from Jay Bear out to Occlutonus. So Eagle River, Jay Bear, Eagle River, Birchwood, Chugiak, um, Peters Creek, and Eklutna. Right. Um, and you know what? I've got a little map here. Let me pull this up real quick. Sure. Yeah. So that was, that's our proposed area. Um, it does contain a little, it does contain uh, Tocotnu and a little bit of East Anchorage, but we're not, we're not asking for that. Um, we have some testimony um, from the redistricting um cases that show that have some really good information regarding how we are a different community of interest. One of them is low crime rate, um, potential for growth as far as having land available. Um, so, you know, those are those are big things. People, um, you drive, uh, I, I'm amazed still by the amount of, of residents in Eagle River that think that we're still our own our own city, our own community. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Anchorage. Anchorage looks at us. I've talked to people in Anchorage going, why aren't you guys your own community out there? Um, for years, I drove family from the airport out to Eagle River. And when I would explain to them that the municipality of Anchorage is from Girdwood all the way to Eklutna, they just are amazed by that. So this has been a cause I believe in, um, all about self-governance and, uh, and taking and you know self-governance is a, is our number one goal but we want the public involved in a government we want tighter and closer fiscal control and most importantly we want quality education for our kids so that's our goals for eagle exit okay outstanding so we've talked a little bit about the kind of the history of eagle exit and kind of talked a little bit about the the necessity of it and really what makes it necessary is just that Eagle River and really the entire area is kind of its own, it kind of marches to its own tune in a lot of ways. Sure. And it's just a lot more efficient to be able to govern a, a smaller area. Right. Um, and a smaller school district. Um, we're looking at a school district of about 7,100 students, um, two high schools, two middle schools, and um, 17 schools altogether. 
But just imagine the possibilities for a community to have a district that size and the input and the effects that we could have. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad you mentioned kind of the, the police force and like all the other elements that go along with it, just because the area would not require the same level of the same policing, the same policing, the same um, fire department. So, yeah, just being able to consolidate down a little bit, I can certainly see the, the logic behind that. Yeah. yeah. So talked a little bit about that then. Um, you know, why? What is it right now that's making you guys try to try to make this become a reality now? Because we had like the the seventies, where I mean that was, um, yeah, that uh, that had to have been a heartbreaker for everybody. Right. Yeah, right. Who right. <laughs> wanted it, and that that got taken away, and you know here we are now, about fifty years later. Right. So, what is kind of the impetus for making this a movement right now? Well, and. In two in 2018, these you know this uh, group of men and women in, in Assembly District Two got together. Mostly, they're all private citizens. We we've, we've done this as a private group and uh, grassroots since the beginning, and um, it's really been about self governance. Um, I can I can listen and I hear all the complaints that you can say about uh, Anchorage and all the problems and conflicts that we have with them, but really self governance is is the driving force because Self-governance would take care of a lot of those concerns that folks have with Anchorage. Yeah. So without getting too controversial here then, um, what are there specific issues that are that uh, people in the movement would kind of point to that and say that it'd be better to have more local self-governments than just relying right. on the assembly in general? Correct. Like are there any representation? You know, right now we have two representatives out of 12 on the on the city assembly. Um, and if you look at the record of those assembly members, even the past assembly members and the voting record on whether <laughs> what our representatives wanted and what the Anchorage assembly wanted, um, that record's pretty, pretty tough. So, you know, that's a big thing that's been going on. Um, the pandemic hit. Uh, that was pretty tough. Uh, it was tough to keep the movement going um, because Anchorage shut down and we weren't able to meet quite often. So, you know, that was kind of overreaching. And, and um, as we moved forward, we started looking at numbers. And uh, the first question for most folks is, will my property taxes go up? Always. And uh, <laughs> that's been our that's been the cause. And and that motivates a lot of people. But at the same time, we we wanted to get some numbers together for folks. Um, this is a the driving force for me once I became chair in 2021 was to put an action item in front of folks. We've talked about this a long time and uh, I wanted to get to a place where we could put the board wants to get to a place where we can put something in front of the public and say yes or no. You want this or you don't. And um, and we've done that. We've gone through the local boundary commission. We've learned it. We've been educating folks about it, educating ourselves about it. And um We've made huge progress. We have a petition written. We have a legal brief and a charter. Um, those things are on our website now. And they are also with the Local Boundary Commission getting a technical review, making sure that we have all the content. So that's really where we're at. And that's really a big driving force for us is to get that action item in front of folks. I'm glad you brought up the, the local um, boundary, boundary commission. commission. There we go. I <laughs> rehearsed that a million times in my head, local boundary commission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, 
One thing that I don't think a lot of people are aware of is that there's already a process in the Alaska Constitution for right. for this split. Because they, I mean, in their wisdom, they understood you're not going to just have a city and it's just always and forever going to stay together. Right. So, yeah, so. the writers of our Constitution wrote in Article 10 and helped. Uh, it basically pr uh, created the Local Boundary Commission. It's a five-member board appointed by the governor, and they receive and handle and, and make decisions on all annexations, incorporations, detachments across the state. So uh, they also have a website, the Local Boundary Commission with the state, if you want to look up some of those, some of their information. But that process all starts with a petition, and that's where we're excited to be. Right, right. So we do have a question here sure. in the comments section. So is part of the concern taxes not being distributed fairly to Eagle River? Is Eagle River being left out of funding of initiatives? Um, so, yeah, I guess just looking for some examples there. Right. Um, so one of the areas that we think we can save a, quite a bit of money is with our police department. Um, we, we, we paid in 2002, we paid um, in 2022, we paid $15.62 million in property taxes for, for police. And that, that carries three to four police per shift and some dispatch and a few detectives. We think we can do that for a lot less than $15 million for our community. So there's little things like that that jump out. Um, what else was there on that question? Um, oh, as far as examples of being left out, um, I've been going to community council uh, community council meetings quite a bit over the last couple of years, and it, a lot of them were Zoom for a while. But um, attending those <laughs> meetings and hearing the differences of funding when it comes to the Subversa Road um, road board and the difference on how they pay for our funding for school for roads out here versus Anchorage that that's been a discrepancy um, traffic mitigation has been a discrepancy between what Anchorage gets and what Eagle River gets so there's several um, examples of that but for the most part we actually think with the numbers that we've been looking at and some of the hypotheticals that um they took all out of all nine tax districts in Assembly District 2, they took $68 million last year. Yeah. We think we're getting about $42 million in services. So there's a big, that's a pretty big discrepancy. Um, we want you to look at the numbers and see if we're seeing the same thing. Uh, the tax numbers that we've been looking at include nonprofits and our exemptions for senior citizens and, mm. and military. So we get that follow up. We get that question quite a bit. What's going to happen to my my veterans discount or what's going to happen to my senior discount. The numbers that we're running already include all that. So we're not, we're, nobody's looking to take those away. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, yeah, I mean, the other thing that goes along with it is you just get a smaller area and it just becomes that much easier to actually right. manage and the tax base required to do that, which Eagle river already has one of the largest tax Right. tax bases for the entire area because um yeah i mean i, I sure don't want to talk too much to it but i mean i was looking at um, one of the studies and it shows actually that if eagle river what exit eagle exit happens then you know eagle river or the ensuing borough that comes from it actually now is the second largest city 
in Alaska. Is that if we became a city, that would be true. But we're looking to become a borough. And when you look at the size of the boroughs in Alaska right now, I think I think the last time we looked, we would be about the third largest borough in Alaska. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and the other exciting part is the school district. Um, when you talk about a smaller, more efficient um, run school district, um, I read I've read studies about. Once a school district gets to a certain size, uh, they become inefficient and disconnected from their from their constituents. And so I've looked at the Anchorage School District. I've worked for the Anchorage School District and boy, are they disconnected from their constituents. And I think we as a community want to take our schools back. And I'm pretty sure our communities can run our own school district. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we had another question come in here from YouTube. Let me pull this up real quick. Yeah, so this is coming in from Tony, and I'll go ahead and read it off to you real quick. Um, what's the opportunity cost of focusing on an exit? And uh, he said maybe um, energy could be better spent improving things in the current framework. So, I mean, that's, that's a good question. So what are the... Um, what are the thoughts behind just trying to improve what we have versus we've gotten to the point where just in exit is the best solution? Right. Um, a lot of that has to do with the process. Um, the local boundary process is quite, um, uh, it's cumbersome. It's, it takes a while. I, I said earlier, it's about a five-year process, but it all starts with the petition and, and, um, signature collecting. And by the way, um, that timeline kind of looks, and I'll, I'll get to your question, but the timeline is we have one year to collect signatures. And if we get enough signatures, it goes to the local boundary commission for about a two year process, public hearings, analysis, and, and a decision. If that decision comes back positive, then we would, it would go to a vote of the uh, people and of the, that, of the area of detachment only, um, or it could go to the legislature for action. So we're hoping for the home rule, um, options so that we can vote on it as our as a people that want to detach so with with that then is it the decision of the legislature as to whether or not it goes to the home rule it's, it'll be the or? local boundary commission making that decision got it okay and so once that's done if that be, if that vote turns out positive for us then there's a two-year transition process and this is where part of your question is at that time, it's a division. There would be a division of assets, liabilities, and bonded indebtedness with Anchorage. And we've had some of that communication with them. But um, with that division, we would then be able to start making decisions for our own community at our own costs, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. um, based on what we can create as a, as a community in our tax district. So um, there's lots of opportunities, like I said, with the smaller school district to create schools if we want to have charter schools. I mean, there's just lots of hypotheticals. We want the community to drive a lot of these decisions, but at the same time, we get lots of questions. And part of the petition, you have to have a three-year tax plan. You have to have a transition plan. So that's one of the reasons why the board pushed to get a petition done so, so that we could go to the public and say, here's your answers to your questions. And here's where we can go with this. And um, so I'm hoping that that will uh, spark some interest in our community and, and, and look for those ways that we can improve. Um, 
Uh, we've started we started some conversations with utility companies um, and what that would look like. Uh, once again, that division of assets and liabilities would drive a lot of those decisions. So it's really hard to rub the magic ball and tell everybody exactly how it's going to turn out. Right, right. And just just to be clear, when you're talking about division of assets, we're talking about like the landfill for Anchorage is in Eagle River. So yep. who gets that? We have the the water plant over in Eglutna. Right. You know, how does that play out? All now? negotiable, exactly. all negotiable. And, and we as a community would decide how much of that do we want? Um, we have had a discussion with the Anchorage, with with municipality of Anchorage, and they have given us a list of $55 million billion in real estate assets. That's not all assets, but that's quite a substantial amount. This is a billion dollar transaction. Um, and they've given us 12%. So if we take 12% of 55 or 50, $50 billion, that's quite a bit of money. And um, we're pretty excited to show that to the public. And I've got some of those numbers if we want to look at them. Sure. So the, the question I would have with that then, so the 12%, I'm just making sure I understand this then. So let's say, you know, um, if Eagle Exit were to happen, the municipality then says of the assets that are here, you would be. We, we've been paying into the whole municipality of Anchorage. It wouldn't just be an assembly district, too. We're talking the, the entire municipality of Anchorage. Oh, got it. OK, right. so the so the money coming, the money you're talking about then is just saying for the money we've already paid into the system. Correct. That would, okay. That if we were sense. able to succeed, right? Okay. If we were successful in that. So we actually think the percentage is higher than 12%, but the city's given us 12 right now. So yeah. I'm sure that that will be sh shook. And, and like I said, we're talking about something that would have to get through these first couple hurdles and it's about four years away. So, you know, it's just hard to give you absolutes. Yeah. So, hmm. It's kind of like trying to debate the uh, presidential debate in a 2028 right, right now. Right. It's like <laughs> yeah. no clue. Okay. Right. <laughs> but it sounds like uh, the numbers from the feasibility studies we've been able to, to see so far have been kind of favorable. Can mm -hmm. you um, talk about that a little bit? Maybe some of the some of the things you've liked about the feasibility studies and some of the things that right. You haven't liked as much. Right. Since 2019, um, we, we hired Northern Economics to do a expenditure analysis of Assembly District 2 and, and revenue analysis. Um, those came back fairly positive. I, I, I would like it to be a little more specific. Um, when you look at those numbers, and they're on our website also, the ranges are really large. And that, that bothers me when we get down to, you know, how much is it going to cost, right? Right. And so when there's ranges of tens of millions of dollars, I'm a little hesitant to uh, um, jump in and say it's the absolute number. It's the, it's an absolute, right? Yep. Absolutely. And, and a lot of it's our community. What is, what is our community going to want? Um, what do you want it to look like, right? So that's the exciting part for me. Yeah, and there were some projections in the and a couple of those feasibility studies where it was like you need to have like a police department that's, Right. So large just because this is what, you know, Anchorage, your neighbor has. It's right. like, well, yeah, that was that's what happened in the 2007 study is they did an apples to apples comparison of Anchorage to Eagle River or to Assembly District 2. And so 
for example, one of the things is they said if if Anchorage for every 10,000 people has this many police, then that's what they applied to us. And I think that study came out saying we needed like 25 policemen. And that's uh, <laughs> not, not necessary for our community. So, like, what do you think is going on in Eagle River? Right. <laughs> Outstanding. Okay, so it looks overall like the income, well, that's not the right word, the, the tax revenue from the current taxes we have now sounds like it will tentatively be able to cover the projected expenses for kind of our own self-governments. Correct. Is that the, okay. And then another thing, going back to the question on taxes, um, since 2019 to 2022, your taxes we in Assembly District 2 went up 15.86%. Even more troubling is your assessment value went up from 2019 to 2022 by 13.58%. So your taxes are going up. And uh, I think it's time for us to take control of that. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I can speak a little bit on this just as far as the, the real estate goes. So realistically, we're probably not going to be seeing uh, any real slowing down in the values going up anytime soon just because the total number of people putting their homes on the market is much lower than what it normally is. And that's creating a shortage. And yes, there are less buyers looking now than there were a couple of years ago, but proportionally it's still a smaller inventory compared to what we had even a couple of years ago when it was really low. So assessors are going out and they're looking at it and going, Oh, well, look, the market values for the area says it's gone up by 10% or whatever it is. So we'll just increase everyone else's, assessed values by that much and it's like well okay <laughs> right 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 it's kind of a special set of circumstances it's not like they're ever going to come back down if it looks like right we right. went the other way <laughs> definitely been it's been going that way for sure um in 2019 our blended mill rate in all of our in in our districts was 15.717 mills um, total assessment value was $3.79 billion, and our Assembly District 2 property tax collected was $58 million. In 2021, they collected $67 million. In 2022, they collected $67.96 million. Mm. So, yes, it continues to grow. Yeah, that, that does check out. So, I guess the question I would have then, do we, do we lose any efficiency by creating almost some redundancy with us having to have like the two police departments, two fire departments, um, multiple schools. Do we create any redundancy in that area? Or um, also do we lose anything as far as like um, not being part of like the bigger piece if we're smaller? Is there any um, loss just due to the scale of whatever sure, it is we're doing. Sure. So if we break break it down, let's talk about Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is already its own department. They 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 have their own Eagle River Chugiak um, department. We're not um, in our numbers that we've been running, we haven't we're not looking at any mill rate changes for Parks and Rec, um, nor any changes to uh, their operation. Subversa, our road board, um, we're not looking at changing any mill rates with them. And uh, McKenna already has that um, contract. And so we're, we, we're not looking at changing um, your, your roads being plowed. Um, mm -hmm. so that's a big question. So those areas we're really not looking at changing. But in, when it comes to education, police and fire, we think we can save some money in those areas. 
and we can get more specific about it. But at the same time, when you create a borough with its own school district within it, I think that provides opportunities where you can cut down, you can do some more efficiencies with your with your road maintenance and your and your plowing of, of roads and, and properties. So smaller is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, like I know uh, a big concern for a lot of people with the municipality this past winter was just all the road maintenance right. and everything else. So, and I actually, heard that it looked like the like Eagle River has kind of been the envy of Anchorage for a long time with the road maintenance and it sounds like even Eagle River was like really struggling last winter yeah, just yeah, all the snow yeah. we had so yeah, we just have we just had so much snow. it was just a matter yeah. of the snow yeah yeah like, and how it came it just came so fast so yeah hard, so. yeah I mean just like overnight that four lane road turned into like a yeah two two or three lane road very quickly <laughs> Outstanding. So one question I did have here, um, just with, you know, if it goes through, it passes, what are going to be some of the, the growing pains? Do you anticipate a new borough would have as it's developing? I mean, we're kind of talking about taxes a little bit, right. schools. I mean, these are all, these are all going to be big topics. Later. Yeah. And let's, you know, and, and, going through the local boundary commission those topics will come up um let's we can talk about uh creating budgets for a school district or creating creating a charter for a new school district um those are those are things that we're going to have to hurdles that we're going to have to go get over um how are we going to handle utilities um that's a hurdle um those things are going to cost consultants and legal fees and that's where we know right now people can help us the most is by fundraising because right now we are going to have to pay our lawyers for what the work that they have done. And, um, and we know that going forward, we're going to need to pay for consultants and legal. So those are, those are hurdles right now, creating those budgets. Um, we've talked to uh, King economics a little bit already about creating some numbers for a school district. And um, we, those are areas we, we even used a calculator that the school district provided with us um, to run some numbers. And that's an area where we think we can save, most of the property taxes. One scenario that we've written up uh, saves us about $20 million in property taxes um, just because there's so many different funding sources for education. And um, when you run the calculator, it looks really positive. Lowering a mill rate, I forget what the numbers are, but <clears throat> we basically would cut our mill rate in over half um, just for education in Assembly District 2. Got it. So, so potentially actually having less taxes than Right. what we have now and just because right. it's we're not trying to maintain was it 50 60 plus buildings right the school right you know, across anchorage over 100 over 100 acreage right and they have a their district is about forty four thousand now um which is huge large and um just talk to families in eagle river chugiak birchwood and talk about ask them what schools they like and, and what works best and and um i think you'll get an earful yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's been my experience. All right, so this is kind of a big question here. Um, how much control will members? Okay, so I guess the let me think of the best way to phrase this one because it can get a little confusing. Um, right now, just with Eagle Exit, obviously you guys are providing a lot of leadership, a lot of um, uh, a lot of momentum, kind of pushing against the inertia. Once the process actually gets started. Mm -hmm. Like, will the members of Eagle Exit kind of 
stay involved with it or is kind of the feel that they just want to get it going and then yeah. step back and be like, thank God that's done. <laughs> no, I, no, we're a, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We have our own 501c3 and we are, have, we've really been all about educating the public about the, the positives of detaching and incorporating and the, and the positives of self-governance. Um, and all the questions, once again, all led to once we studied the local boundary commission and found out all the information we need to have for a petition and wanting to get that action item in front of folks. Um, we're excited about that. The other part of it is our charter. Um, it's quite it's quite a different charter. It's been gone over very well by our by our lawyer. She thinks it's really a solid charter, um, but it really is a charter written up for the we the people running the running the borough government self governance um uh there's a lot of details involved but the short version is is that we would create um commissions of uh, out of our nine tax districts we create a commission out of each one of those that commission would elect an assembly member that would then go to the assembly we would have a mayor and those assembly makers would make decisions and and make make a uh you know, run this, run the business of our self-government, but they would have to come back to the commissions and get any decisions ratified. Right. And that's a big difference. Right now we've got these community councils. Um, we have six of them in assembly district two. And um, if you've been to any of our community councils, we're not too, um, we're, we're not held to <laughs> a high esteem of accountability. No <laughs> one's really listening to us completely. There's the assembly pretty much does what they're going to do without any input from the community councils. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really the, really the main power you have as a community council is right. to be a sounding board. That's about it. Ideas, and that's, that's about and it. our charter will strengthen that with our commissions having to ratify decisions made by our assembly. Yeah. And just having like, having more elected officials in those specific areas is already going right. to give a whole lot more representation. Those yeah, people right are now, coming from within our community. Not from a, there's not 10 people in Anchorage making decisions for us in our, in our communities. Yeah. Well, the thing also is, I mean, right now we've got two people and it represents like that, that entire area. Right. So, I mean, yeah, nothing against the people we have currently, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's only two and it's, it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah. They can be the absolute best people in the world <laughs> and two against 10. Right. So that's, yeah, I can certainly see that. All right, so let's go ahead and touch on this a little bit. Um, will will Eagle exit and what we're wanting to do? Do you think that will impact any of the zoning for the way we have it set up right now, or is that again going to be something we're going to have to parse out later on? Yeah, I think that's something our community wants to take a look at. Um, a lot of the conversations that we've had around those uh, around those areas is. Having that industry, um, for example, food industry, food industry would create their own inspection service. The construction industry could create their own inspection services. So those are ways that we're looking at, you know, and contract those out um, so that we get our best bang for our money. Mm. So those are areas that we're looking at um, changing when it comes to zoning. And um, But once again, that's up to the community. Um, I don't I. I don't have anybody that has come to me and says, you know, we want to do it exactly like Anchorage. We want to do this just like <laughs> Anchorage is doing it. Right. So for, if it's us from our communities making decisions for us, I think that that'll speak well for itself. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's another good topic there, too. So the, the building codes and like the enforcement of things. I mean, I know septic systems, that's something that was like a really big deal a little bit ago. Right. And I mean, pretty much all that's back on the table. Right. And a lot of those services or the, the a lot of those things are redundant in Anchorage because the state already has requirements for inspections mm -hmm. on new construction and land development. So we'd like to see some of those redundancies cut back and make the process a little easier on folks. Gotcha. So we've kind of talked a little bit on um, kind of the 30,000 foot mm -hmm. view on everything. What's kind of been the, the impression you've had talking with members of the community right. about it? Because, I mean, it sounds like you guys have been um, pounding the pavement and getting the word out there. So what have, right. what's kind of been the reaction from people? It has been um, a little bit all over the board. Um, we as a board doing this since 2018 decided to really push to get this petition in front of folks for an action item because our our um, our difficulties that we've seen or and are dealing with is first it's apathy um, people not getting involved um, another one is people are scared of change mm -hmm. um, change is very difficult for folks and and um, there's also just a lot of doubt um, that the fear of change is one thing but there's just so much doubt that Anchorage they just feel like Anchorage will never allow this to happen. So that's a that's something that we really want to overcome. If we can prove to folks that we've got a charter, we've got this petition, we have the opportunity to create and and show Anchorage with our with our signatures that we can and want to take care of ourselves. Um, so those are things to overcome, but um, we feel really positive that um, as we talk to community members, we've, we had really good showings at, at um, 4th of July parades this last year. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of good feedback from folks in um, when, when some of our articles get published. Um, not very often the mainstream <laughs> media doesn't pick up much of our information, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. We keep going forward. So. Um, it's mainly just getting the information out and and getting people to overcome that idea that we can't do this. But yes, we 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 can. We can if we have the will to do it. So I guess the one question I would have then: How much of this is? How much of this can we do, whether Anchorage likes it or not? Right. Because they don't. If you study the local boundary commission, they have no play in this. Now, they can't. I'm obviously. Anybody can sue us, you know, wherever we're at in the process. But as far as a legislative or an assembly action, there's nothing that they can do to keep this from happening. If we as a community stand up and get the amount of signatures and we're pot and we have a positive uh, experience with the local boundary commission. Right. No, I mean, that's that's really the big thing. I think some people legitimately think somehow you're breaking the law or trying to like yeah. secede from the United States or something. No, it's like, no, let's, no. okay, time out, time right, out. Right, right, right. It's a legal process. There's a, there's a procedure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, familiarize yourself with the local boundary commission and, and, and know that that is a, a legit process. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a question coming in here from Forte, I'm sorry, Jorge Batista. Um, how would this affect the cost of living? And um, yeah, sounds like he's trying to get an idea as to whether or not he wants to live in uh, live in Anchorage or over in Eagle River. So you know, how would tentatively Eagle River impact the cost of living? Right. Well, um, a borough, uh, 
a borough has powers, um, taxation. We talked about how we'd like to lower our property taxes. So that's one area that mm -hmm. we'd like to be cost effective in. Um, the other cost of living um, would be not to um, taxes. You know, Matt Sue's got some taxes going on. We're not proposing any taxes, but that would be a way for us to keep that at bay um, to lower the cost of living. But it's really tough with inflation. You know, a borough government doesn't have control over the price of your groceries. It doesn't right. have control. Now, property assessments, they continue to rise and your property taxes go down. That's a significant cut to your cost of living. Yeah. So. And I mean, I would add to that, even if you're renting, because this this is really, I think, the Achilles heel for a lot of tenants right now, because they're like, well, I'm not, um, I don't own any property, so this doesn't impact me. Well, no, it does because right, right. Uh, if your landlord's property taxes go up and he's paying, um, oh, I don't know, let's say a thousand bucks a month on taxes, um, guess whose rents is going up the next time? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there, there's a direct relationship to right. you know the property taxes and then how much everybody ends up paying on the biggest line item that they have. Right. Um, but yeah, um, folks, well, if you have any other questions, concerns, um, feel free to go and drop them in into the comments section. We're, um, you know, we're going to go about another 10, 15 minutes here. Um, and uh, this is going to be the best time for you to get any questions, um, concerns, anything like that in, because, you know, this is uh, this is the expert right here. So let's go ahead and talk. All right, so let's go ahead and just answer this question real quick. So really on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, how do you believe this will impact the average person who's you know, really kind of focused on their not lives, not necessarily actively engaged in, in local governments and everything? Yeah. So if this all goes through, how much of an impact you think they're going to see? I think our communities gaining independence um, will renew our communities. Um, you know, I talk to folks and they're like, we have to do that because we want to preserve our communities. Well, we're going to continue to grow. And I think if we're growing and we're governing from within, I think that's a positive movement. Um, I think that'll impact a, um, how we feel about our communities, the pride that we feel. I think if we had our own school district, I think that's a huge impact to families um, to have some input. Um, we're talking about a smaller school district, um, we, we would hope that we don't do it just like Anchorage. Um, Anchorage creates, created their school board. They um, elect those school board members at whole. Um, and so the whole city votes for those nine members on the Anchorage school board, but they're mm. not accountable to any district or set of schools. We'd like to see that changed. Um, but once again, uh, hopefully our community will too, but we'd like to create a school district where this, where this, board members are accountable to whatever amount of schools they have, whether it's the schools in Chugiak or maybe it's just Eagle River High School and all the feeder schools of Eagle River High School or Chugiak High School with their feeder schools. Right. But the school board members would be accountable to those schools and hopefully parents would have more of a voice and be involved in those things. Um, charter schools, uh, more CTE. Um, uh, uh, CTE? Uh, career tech um, education. Got it. So okay. the skills, electricity, um, you know, all those skills, we could create those avenues. Um, 
the healthcare industry, um, technology industry. We could we create schools with high schools with those tracks happening within them. So I think the education part is a huge impact. If you just take a district that's as large as Anchorage and change it back to a small school district with representatives that are accountable and from within their community, the possibilities are endless and how that could impact our, our children in our lives. Right, right. Well, with kind of narrowing the, the field a little bit, if you would, like everyone's vote goes so much further too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at That's that exactly point, right. which I mean, I know like the the local politics, like it's 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 kind of embarrassing, like how many people show up for like municipal right. elections. But I mean, especially if you get down to like the kind of that new borough size, like right. it's very easy to. And I think that would be a huge yeah. impact that people would once again feel like they're involved and they're being listened to. And I would hope that that would that would impact us all by having more people get involved in our communities because our community councils right now are just i mean they're just not very well um there's not a lot of participation um and in fact when you go to them a lot of times assembly members and legislatures aren't legislators aren't even there mm -hmm. so i think it would bring back some legitimacy and some um, intentionality to our government and getting people involved again right Instead of just talking about stuff now, it also has the capability of producing right. results. So I've got a couple questions coming in here, coming in from Eric. Uh, just curious on the other side, have you examined how much money Anchorage would lose to the separation? Just get an idea how hard they might fight against the move. Right. Um, so the other night we were talking about this, and I don't want to mess the numbers up. There's, We, we are paying... I believe if I say this right, we're paying for 12% of the municipality's budget, but we're only receiving 7% of services. Another way to say that is as of last year, they, they tax our nine tax districts um, produce $68 million. And by looking at our numbers and the services that we provide, we believe that we're only getting about $42 million in services. So, I think if you do the math, that'll give you your answer. Yeah. And I mean, again, <clears throat> it's um, they might fight it, but ultimately. They don't least, have any legislative action or action to take. Yeah, because I mean, here's the thing. Um, Anchorage would really actively push against Eagle Exit. And it's not just uh, just to like keep that tax base in there. It's also because there's this weird power dynamic <laughs> between the state government and the municipality of Anchorage, just because so many people live in Anchorage that live in Alaska in general. Right. The big portion of that gets ripped away. That starts shifting that dynamic between the state and the, and the municipal government. So, you know, we don't know how it's going to shake out. Right. Um, just, just kind of me standing back and um, observing. I'd say Anchorage would probably see it as an existential threat if it starts moving in that direction and takes a, a lot of momentum and it's right there on their doorstep waiting for them. Right. And, I, and, and when we talk about education, we think that's an area that, um, uh, that if that would benefit the municipality of Anchorage if, and the Anchorage School District. If we were to take those schools off their docket, I mean, they're continually talking about how much deficit they have a deficit a deficit well just imagine if we were able to take 17 schools off of their accounts you know what i mean <laughs> i mean that might be really beneficial to them and help them with that deficit and um 
I think it's a benefit to the state to have a new borough and show that we're we're continuing to grow and, and mature and take care of ourselves. Right. Absolutely. So got another question in here from uh, Mr. Jorge. Um, can anyone sign the petition? I am an Alaskan resident currently living on base to support the divide and plan to move to Eagle River after retirement from service this year. Great question. Um, the people, once once we get to signature collecting, the only people that can sign the, uh, the petition are people that live in Assembly District 2 in the proposed area. So Jay Bear would be included and anybody that lives in anywhere from Jay Bear out to Eklutna. Okay. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right, folks. Well, we've got a little bit more time here. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more questions. So this is kind of your uh, kind of your final final call before we shut it on down. So one thing I'm I'm always curious about when we're kind of um, kind of looking at these local grassroots movements and you know making it um, you know, trying to get other people involved to really jump into the process. What is the way that you've been engaged with how am i going to phrase mm -hmm. this um how have you guys been approached or treated by municipality right by anchorage like has it been kind of an antagonistic relationship are they just kind of blase about it or what's the yeah impression um, so far we initially once um when mayor bronson was elected we initially um had a meeting with him and talked with them and and uh basically uh just shared with him where we are in the process and what our intentions were. And, um, and then a follow-up, we had a follow-up meeting with them. Um, Paul Schneider, our, our vice chair, met with them um, last summer, last year at some point in time. And um, at that time, the city manager, Amy Dombowski, had mm -hmm. provided us with some real, um, some real estate assessments, numbers, and also, uh, wrote to us and gave us information on the 12% and how many billions in assets that the city has. And so that's initiated the conversation, but no follow-up. Um, and we don't really, we, we want to start those conversations with utility companies and the municipalities and the borough in, in Matsu. We will start all those conversations, but we really wanted to make sure we get through this filing process. Um, I don't want to go and start talking to people about seriously developing transition plan without having a product in front of people. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it, there's a lot of getting, there's a lot of information in that petition and in the charter and the legal brief, and there's a lot to the local boundary commission process. So until I have those uh, signature collecting pamphlets in my hand, I'm really hesitant to wait to waste people's time. Right, right. So, no, and that's and that's good too, because like you said, it's a long process, yeah. and people in general do start to get start to check sure. out when they're like, "Oh, it's been right, it's been six months." And it's we not did, here yet. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and and you know, I hear that quite a bit. We at Bear Paw this year, it was a lot of comments about, "Wow, how long have you guys been at this? You've been doing this forever." Well. <laughs> Three years. It takes a while. <laughs> There's quite a process involved and, and a quite a bit of, um, as you see, um, as you can tell, if you get involved looking at the costs, um, consultants and legal fees are expensive. And so those are where we're um, really looking at trying to get people involved and, and, and know that you now have an action item in front of you. And if you really believe in this, let's get on board. Right. Well, I think the the thing that a lot of people kind of get hung up on is just like the length of time that it takes to do it. Cause 
like if everything goes smoothly, swimmingly <laughs> from here until finish line, we're right. looking at like what four five, years, five, out? Yeah, five, five, five years yeah. out from today. Right. <laughs> everything just goes swimmingly. Right. So it, this is kind of a, a long term kind of a way you have to look at it. it I mean, it's designed to be one of the most, if not the most difficult things to do um, in our legal system, right, just because right. they don't want to make it so simple for people to yeah. just be separating. Right. And that's a, that's a big part of the local boundary commission process. You're, well, you don't, they don't want communities just splitting up because they don't like each other. It has nothing, that has nothing to do with Eagle Exit. Eagle Exit is about self-governance. And, um, and we want to show that we can benefit Anchorage by this, we can benefit our communities by this, and we can benefit the state. And so we're really pushing to show that in our petition and, and in our legal brief. Mm, okay, so that's that's another question then. So um, on the state level, and this might be something that goes into like the charter and the petition, like how many representatives would Eagle River, the borough, the new borough get? Right, we're going to the legislature. Yeah, the answers I've gotten from that is that we wouldn't have any changes at the time. That's okay. based on population, so that wouldn't change. Okay. Yeah. And doesn't sound like they would probably redivide any of the the boundaries really either. It's not that I'm aware. Of. We're dealing with the state level at that point, not right. the municipality borough level. Right. Okay, got it. Okay. Well, I can speak a little bit real quick. Uh, no one's asked it. I'm sure you guys are thinking it. Um, Will Eagle Exit have an impact on home values in the in the specific market? I kind of doubt it. I don't know with 100% certainty. It's really hard to uh, get a whole lot of studies um, on this, at least on my end, for the kind of data I need to, to be able to, to analyze it. I kind of doubt it, though, just because really what makes Eagle River valuable for a lot of people purchasing is because of its proximity to base, its commuting distance, a lot of the amenities, and none of that would be going away if Eagle River, uh, Eagle Exit happens and then it breaks off, becomes its own borough. So right. not really seeing a, a whole lot of an impact there. Um, if the tax values come down on it, it might actually go the other way, which, yeah, we would need some more development sure. at that point, which that, that's a completely different live stream, different time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but all right. Well, Sean, I really do appreciate you jumping on here and um, volunteering your time and um, answering the, the questions. I know this is a this is an issue that a lot of people do have questions about. Sure. And um, I think a lot of people just don't know where to start right. when they're trying to figure it out. Right. So um, so what would you say to those folks that that do care? Mm -hmm. They like might recognize the logo. They just might not know right. where to even start with this thing. www.eagleexit.com. And um, a lot of information there. Click on the top right hand corner. You'll see feasibility studies. Um, uh, I did a we did a public presentation in June where we threw out a lot of numbers and um, wanted people to take a look at some of those numbers. So if you want to look up some of that, it's there. And like I said before, learning the local boundary commission process, you know, just learning that and realizing that this is something that's possible. And um, if we come together as a community and get the right amount of signatures, then we can get this started. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Um, everyone else, thank you. Um, Thank you for joining us as well. Uh, if you have any 
any other questions, comments, anything like that. I'm not the Eagle Eagle <laughs> exit guy. Um, I know kind of the basics of the process and everything involved with it. Um, I'm definitely not uh, not your go-to when it comes to this. So my contact information is on the website, um, but you can always feel free to contact me and or any other board members with questions. Okay. There and, you go. And we're meeting on Tuesday nights. Um, and starting in September, we will have a public meeting every third Tuesday of the month. And that, that will be at Core Realty um, above Extreme Heating on Farm Avenue. So every um, third Tuesday of the month, we will have a public meeting starting in September. Outstanding. So if you want to jump into kind of the grassroots uh, movement and um, kind of jump into the local government, if this is something that you want to do, or if you're just trying to figure it out, it's going to be a great place to go. Super. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, everyone else, you guys have a good night.